0: Hi everyone, today I'm talking with David Savage about his book, The Savage Path, a memoir of modern masculinity. The book takes the reader deep inside his world through intimate stories of his challenges and successes as he humbly navigates the journey of being a man in today's world. Before we get started, here's the inside scoop on David Savage. David grew up as an Air Force brat in West Texas with a deep and rich scouting background beginning with the Cub Scouts and achieving the rank of Eagle Scout and earning the bronze, silver, and gold Palms, then establishing and leading a high adventure explorer post before heading to Texas A&M University to study engineering. David has a passion for history and geopolitics, which he has enriched through global job-related travel and extensive reading. He and his wife Kimberly have been married for 18 years and live in Katy, Texas. They blended their families and raised four children now grown. David has also written hundreds of poems and was the official roaster-in-chief at many company promotion and retirement events, all in verse. His rich sense of humor has been displayed as an amateur at the Comedy Workshop in Houston and winning the Star Search contest in Chicago back in the late 80s. David has been a lifelong backpacker and outdoorsman and has been blessed to have a group of five older advisors who call themselves the Six-Pack. They have backpacked for 25 years together to provide some of the rich and humorous stories he shares throughout his memoir, The Savage Path. You can learn more about David and his work by visiting his website at thesavagepath.com. Well, hi, David. Welcome to Inside Scoop Live.
1: Thank you very much. How are you doing, Sherry?
0: Great, great. I'm excited to talk to you. Uh, Why don't you kick it off for us by telling us a little bit about your book, The Savage Path, a memoir of modern masculinity.
1: Okay, well, first, it's a memoir. It's my personal life experience story. The thread throughout the book is, is my belief that all men share three common purposes. We all must find a will to obey, and God's will is best, in my opinion, uh, find a work to do, and find a woman to love. And so that's the thread that runs through the whole book. Now I use uh, a backpacking metaphor to describe my journey through the wilderness in pursuit of these goals, hence the title The Savage Path, you know, my last Mm name. You know, I also have uh, a lifetime of backpacking experience and stories which are used in some of the chapters, and I wanted the book to be humorous and easily readable to make it entertaining, but I also wanted there to be like, you know, a little moral at the end of each chapter of, of life's little lessons. And, you know, my hope is that others might learn from my experiences and, uh, you know, I didn't try to explicitly connect the dots. I believe the readers are intelligent enough to do that, but there's little nuggets there of wisdom for those who have uh, ears to hear.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's a memoir, but it's a self-help as well. Would you say?
1: Yeah. You know, I spoke with uh, another author, um, who is at our church and he wrote Sacred Marriage, Gary Thomas. And I spoke with him before I began the book. And, you know, and he said, Well, really, it's like a men's ministry book, but it's also a memoir. And it's also humorous writing like Dave Barry. And he goes, That's kind of a hybrid. And that can be a little confusing when people are trying to find your book, you know, especially with all this keyword stuff.
0: Mm.
1: But Yes, it, it is. I want people to uh, leave, you know, with uh, an entertaining read, but also, you know, having having learned something, you know, and that's why it's kind of targeted to men, you know, mm-hmm. to younger and older men.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always curious about what makes people sit down and write a book. Can you tell us a little bit about what your journey looked like?
1: Yes, you know, so I had decided to retire from a 31-year career you know, in the energy industry, had a global job. My mother and my brother were both in memory care facilities, and I was responsible for their affairs. And so I knew that they were going to pass away soon, and they did in 2019. So I had retired at the end of 2018. And then, Mm. you know, I had this huge uh, scouting influence in my life. I was an Eagle Scout. I got on my palms. I uh, started my own high adventure uh, backpacking post and then I worked at film on as a ranger and wow. so the genesis so the kernel you know the idea came from my grief over what has happened to the boy scouts of america you know I believe mm. that's the best organization for preparing young men for productive manhood that has ever existed from my experience with it mm-hmm. and then a second and, and equally passionate motivation you know was my experience as a father uh, to my son and my two stepsons you know so all three were denied full access to their biological fathers through their teen years due to divorce. And, uh, you know, I felt bad about that. And then I saw what gaps, you know, that creates, you know, at a critical age for young men trying to determine what kind of man they want to be, and they're not living with their dad. Right. So, you know, divorce wasn't really my idea, but I was responsible for who and how I chose to marry. And, you know, I would suggest that You know, who you marry is one of the most important decisions in any man or woman's life. And the sad fact is there's almost no one is providing guidance on that decision or explaining how fulfilling and joy-filled a good marriage can be. There's not a lot of people there talking about, hey, it's great. You should get married. So, you know, the promise to the reader in my book is to try to deliver training examples, uh, like coping tools and additional resources to teach them something through entertaining Storytelling.
0: You just mentioned using the metaphor of a path through the wilderness and the wilderness as being a place of danger and where a place where one can get lost, and that the young American male is the creature in the most danger. What do you mean by that?
1: So I have two of my kind of uh, key quotes that I love. And, and the first one is a boy without a man is like an explorer without a map. Mm. You're basically, He's lost, and and being lost isn't a good situation to be in. The second is from Frederick Douglass, and that quote is, it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men.
0: Oh, that is so true. Wow.
1: And and so, you know, if you look at the 2020 census, 40% of boys are growing up without an adult male in their home today due to divorce, absent fathers, and women who choose to raise children on their own. So... There's forty percent. Then you have the workaholic dads, the alcoholic dads. You know, it's a high, high percentage of uh, rudderless boys out there who don't really have a role model. And then, so to compound that, you know, since the 1970s, there's been a rather aggressive assault on masculinity by you know a more militant faction of the feminist movement, claiming that all masculinity is toxic. And I, I believe that's false. I believe it does exist and it's not good, and there are some legitimate things that the feminist movement needed to do to, you know, uh, eliminate that and elevate themselves, and I think they've been successful, but mm-hmm. it, it's kind of gone too far, and, you know, so, you know, in addition to this vacuum in the home of male leadership, there's also been a vacuum in pop culture of positive male role models, you know, so sports figures like Tiger Woods, you know, they've been self-serving and unfaithful in marriages and some you know these uh, athletes have even abused you know their their mm-hmm. women or their wives then you've got these beer commercial idiots you know you got a movie <laughs> like dumb and dumber failure launch popular movies you know but they're entertaining and, and humorous but the repetition of such messaging is character destroying to males and then you throw in what we're dealing with today you know Porn exposure and availability at way too young an age, video game addiction, legalization of marijuana, and now gender dysphoria. What do you have? You have a, you have a perfect recipe to wipe out a, a generation of the young American male.
0: Mm.
1: And you, you contrast that with what I grew up with saying the scout oath solemnly, you know, it's like, I will do my best to keep myself physically strong, mentally awake, and morally straight that that's a huge gulf, you know, from where I grew up and what they're having to deal with today
0: in such a short span of time also. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And part of it is just the access to information also, right. not all the information that's out there is correct, but when people read it, they tend to think, Oh, I saw it on the internet. It must be true.
1: Well, And again, they're without a dad, you know, that, they're, they're, you know, you, you used to go, well, dad, you know, if he's not there, And there are things that teenage boys don't want to go ask their mom. Right. That's why a boy without a man is like an explorer without a map. You know, a mom, boy, everybody needs a mom, you know, but they can't raise men. And uh, it takes men to raise men.
0: Now, the subtitle of your book is A Memoir of Modern Masculinity. I've never heard of modern masculinity. Did you coin that phrase?
1: I did. You know, Sherry, for most of human history, up until the Industrial Revolution in the 1900s, so really just a little over 100 years ago, all of human history, a boy grew up working beside his father, either in agriculture, farming, or apprenticing in the family trade. So he was spending every day training with his father. Mm. And uh, at least in America, most also were taught Christian principles and values. Mm-hmm. So modern masculinity, you know, which is contemporary, I would, you know, say, would say from 1960, you know, from my time forward, you know, we have to recognize that toxic macho behavior exists and are mostly a result of boys acting out due to a lack of this previously, you know, what was considered standard training from their fathers. Mm-hmm. So today, you know, we have to admit that uh, many fathers and families are, are failing society in this regard. You know, as young men are, they're incomplete, they're unprepared, and, and that makes them angry. And so we grow up and you muddle through trying to hide your weaknesses and fears, and you repeat negative generational cycles like divorce or alcoholism uh, because people are medicating pain that they don't properly process or fears. And, you know, the alternative to that is, you know, to turn to our faith and pray for supernatural wisdom. And that is where, you know, these three things, is finding the will to obey is so important. You really have to do that. If you're going to be in self-will, you you could definitely be on the path toward that toxic masculinity. But if you want to be positive positive, healthy, affirming a good father, a good husband, you know, a good citizen, you need to go and fill that gap that you didn't get. And you have to get that. It's wisdom. And with that wisdom, you know, we become more self aware of our gaps and seek healthy ways to close them and end the negative generational cycles. And that's basically what my story is: is like, okay, now that I'm an adult, now that I've made these mistakes and I'm halfway through my adult life, you know, when am I going to really take that hard look at myself and go, okay, you know, you can't blame it on your parents anymore. You know, it's time to just find out, you know, which, which will to obey, you know, which work you're going to do and which, which woman you're going to love.
0: It, it, you reminded me of that saying I heard that youth is wasted on the young or something like that. Yes.
1: <laughs> it
0: is. If I would known them, what I know now, but <laughs>
1: wisdom. Oh yeah. We're all need wisdom.
0: Right. So in our current society, is there a way to reverse what's happening? How do we get to modern masculinity today?
1: Well, I believe it's through surrendering our will to follow God's will. And that's kind of where we've deviated. And that's the story in my book. When I was going down my wilderness path and I was in his will, man, things were going good. Mm -hmm. Even I thought, you know, they were going good because of my own talent, my own work or my own effort. But really, I believe, you know, I was being blessed because I was, you know, practicing my faith. And when I deviated from that, that's when I got lost. That's when I got off my map. That's when I'm out, you know, off the trail in the brambles. So it's easily correctable. And I think that, you know, through the cycles of human history, there's patterns, you know, if you look at the Old Testament, the Jews were very stiff neck, very stubborn people, and then they would rebel. And, then
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: they, they'd they have to deal with their consequences, and then they'd return, you know, to the faith. So I think that's really the key. And then I think, you know, young men need to take a look at themselves once they become men, and they're kind of like, okay, well, I didn't have my dad or I I can't really change that. But what am I going to do now as a mature adult to seek out older men who are willing to mentor, you know, a hungry generation of, you know, younger men. And and there's, I I believe there's a real opportunity right now because, you know, with all the diversity and inclusion that I saw in corporate America, that's really prevalent now. Mm -hmm. A lot of the older 55 plus men who kind of sought, you know, career advancement, almost to the detriment of their families are kind of being dismissed. You know, we're, the baby boomers aren't in charge anymore, man. Everybody's marketing and advertising toward that next generation. And they're being pushed out of corporate America and they're, you know, we're, we're healthier, we're living longer. And they're like, wow, you know, I have a little regret maybe about not being there for my kids, but if there's somebody else out there, a young man who wants what I have to offer, it can really be meaningful to me, you know, mm, it can mm-hmm. be significant for me to, to mentor that young man. And there's a plenty of young men who are out there who want that. And so it's a matter of trying to match up those guys. And that's why I have a podcast to reach that younger audience. And then I'm on this AM conservative talk radio to reach older guys and try to connect them up.
0: Yeah, that's a great idea. Matching the two up. How is that working?
1: Well, so there's an organization called Better Man that I've been involved with. It, it, it's been through a couple of iterations. Initially, it was called Men's Fraternity, and they didn't like the fraternity connotation of the word. Mm. And then it became man-to-man, and now it's called Better Man. And it's just a fantastic program, and it's exactly for it. It's just an 11-week program. You could go to the betterman.org website, and I have facilitated this four or five times. And, man, it is it is really hitting the mark with these young men and it's down to like an 11 week course and then you get this card and you know what are your three upgrades you know to be a better man because everybody really wants to be a better man every guy sitting in prison right now wants to be a better man a better dad but he didn't have a good model yeah you know and so it's just when are you going to say okay you know i'm going to look for a new model and mm-hmm. so that, that organization, I, I can't speak kindly enough about. And in my book, I talk about taking my sons, this Christ and the Tetons father son experience. And, you know, we would go paragliding one day and then in the evening we'd have, you know, a seminar format on the biblical definition of manhood. So you be like a projecting past it. And then the next day we go whitewater rafting on the snake river. And then, you know, we'd be in that seminar format again, we're talking about right leading courageously. And yeah. then, you know, so you do this high adventure and, you know, we had this father's blessing where really, you know, it's just in the traditional, like, you know, Jacob blessing his sons. Boys don't get that anymore. But man, to do that formally and in front of a group and just to put your hands on your son's shoulders, at, hey, I love you because I'm proud of you because I think you have what it takes to be man because and oh. just finish those sentences just is like watching him be inflated in front of you.
0: Wow. That- that's goosebump material right there.
1: <laughs> it, is. it is, man. Yeah. I've, I've experienced it. That's why I want to share this.
0: Yeah. So would you say your book is just for men? Or are there Certainly a variety? Not.
1: Okay. So I wrote it to men and I, you know, I didn't know what to expect. There is a lot of uh, cancel culture out there, you know, people that are ready to go and mm-hmm. get in your yard with the pick forks and the torches. And, you know, so I was kind of expecting, you know, just by the title to have a little bit of a backlash or to have, you know, some. Uh, negative from women but it it's mm. I wrote it humorously I wrote it humbly I wrote it very honestly and sincerely about you know real painful moments and I can't believe how well it's been received by women that's probably the most surprising thing uh to me wow. is how many women because this is what my previous uh, publishing assistant told me she goes look A man writes a book about coming of age, manhood experiences, manhood struggles. Women want to read it because they want to understand men. Women write books and they know that men are never going to understand women. So so we don't buy them or read them.
0: (laughs) Well, I think just coming from my perspective, I would pick it up and read it just from the title alone. So I think the title is amazing because it's like, well, I want to find out what modern masculinity is. You know, I mean, that's what makes you curious. Good.
1: Um, You know, that's that's the hook that you have to begin with on any book. Absolutely.
0: So you talked a little bit about your feedback from women. Your book has been out for a little over a year now. Can you tell us about some of the other feedback you've received?
1: Well, it's just it's been fantastic. I I have had so many people that I worked with that basically read it in one sitting. I, I was so Really impressed and surprised, you know, at how impactful it was from men of all ages, you know. So, my age, uh, a lot of men who are fathers now, and I think a lot of women, you know, because that's just my peer group. I'm 61. So, you know, Mm -hmm. we've all got adult children, you know. So, I have four children, one daughter, three sons. Uh, You know, the youngest son's 30, my daughter's 32, and I got a 33 and a 35 year old. So, Mm you know, they're, they're choosing their mates and and we're kind of all wanting them to choose wisely. And we want them to have successful marriages. We don't want them to go through divorces, especially if you've been through one, like I have. Right. And so it's been tremendous, but I would say probably my most surprising, you know, with women is some really want to know because they're trying to raise their sons because they, they just have a, a dad who's checked out, you know, who's not really doing anything. And they're trying, you know, moms are just they're always going to be there you know they're the rock who never leaves their son even if he's in jail on death row you know they're there he's yes. innocent you know? and, <laughs> and, uh, and so you know they're really trying to help these sons that are struggling like that failure launch movie where he just he's still in the basement he's still playing video games he's 28 29 30 he can't he won't go get a job he's smoking pot there's a lot of people like that out there and I, I mean it's it's tragic yeah what I'm probably most surprised at is the number of young women who are just shooting the lights out. My daughter is one, you know, she graduated from Baylor and she's got a great job and a great career. And actually she was living in Austin. She, her first job was was with Schlotzky's and she was the marketing manager for like 25 of the stores over a multi-state area. And she said that, uh, you know, this was like the dream job. Everybody in Wake was like, "Oh, you got a job, and your office is Schlotsky's headquarters on Fifth Street in Austin, and it's perfect." <laughs> and everybody that you know, she would try to go out on a date with were these guys who were musicians who you know wouldn't buy him a drink or dinner, and you know, were just kind of wanting to, a mom to take care of them. You know, and she was just like, "I can't find anybody that's even in that pool of uh, husband prospects and this is a big issue for young women. I don't think they it talk is. about it enough, but they're they're almost like giving up. And that's why there's a lot of women who are just like, well, I'm just going to have, you know, I don't need another kid. I'll just raise the one that I have without <laughs> the adult child, you know, that, that comes along with it, that's looking for another mommy. It's really a, a widespread problem. And, and, you know, if you look at the graduation rates, the... College enrollment rates—you know—young men are falling behind badly in every measurable way, and so uh, I think it goes back to a lot of the marijuana, video games, porn—you know—trifecta. Uh, and if that gets to them when they're early and young, you know, and they're preteens, even, I can't, yeah. you really don't have a chance. And I don't know what I would have been like if I had to deal with those temptations with no help. Yeah. You know, I had to go steal a Playboy magazine, you know, from Iraq <laughs> when I was, it just wasn't available. And so you could, your brain, your body could kind of mature without this early interference on it. And, and then it's, it's just so available out there. It's really pervasive.
0: It is. And it's available to younger and younger age groups too. It seems like, you know, they're going to find a way and it, right. it's, it's so easy.
1: With- oh, it is. It's just, and, and there's so much more, agile on their phones and tablets and things. And uh, so it's, Oh
0: yeah. Then we are for sure. <laughs> oh yes, for
1: sure. You know, that's who I call for tech support. You know, like. <laughs> exactly.
0: exactly. Oh my goodness. Is there any one transformational story that kind of stands out to you?
1: Well, you know, the answer is yes for me. And, and this is kind of like the biggest thing I learned, you know, is it finding a woman to love is where I had the biggest gap in my own life. Mm. Dude. Uh, to the divorces in my own family, I really didn't get much advice from my dad, and I, I wondered about that. But my dad's father died when he was twelve or thirteen, so he never got it. So I guess he didn't feel equipped to give it. And so I was just a fool when I was young. And you know, all this divorce in my family really had a huge impact on me. And I was just like, I'm never going to get married. I'm just not going to get married. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm also a human and I'm a sexual being. And, you know, and I'm like, well, I want, I want to be with women. you know, <laughs> And so unfortunately I didn't have a proper criteria and coaching and, you know, I got married, but there were lots of red flags that I ignored. And, you know, my ex-wife was a good mother and a good person, but we were not properly matched. So I was kind of ambushed, you know, uh, with divorce papers. I wasn't expecting it or wanted it at all. I would, once I got married, I would have done anything, you know, to hang in there, but that, that wasn't an option. And so then after the, that, I was like even more angry, you know, with women. And I was like, no, I'm never getting married again for sure this time. And and I uh, I prayed a lot about that and I had to kind of surrender all that. I realized that I was wired by God to be married you know, that the best possible version of me was in a partnership through marriage and that rather than run from marriage in fear, you know, due to the divorces of my family, I needed to intentionally seek a wife with a criteria for what I believe to be a great marriage. Mm -hmm. And that's a big transformational step. And that was the word, you know, that you used in the question. Yeah. And so on my podcast, I have, you know, called Wrestling with the Inner Man. If you wanna learn more about that specific transformational story, there's a very funny series that we call Charm School. There's four episodes, it's on Apple and Spotify. And I make a promise to young men, it's like, hey, if you wanna be ahead of 75% of all the other guys, no matter how much money they have, no matter how good looking they are, but if you're intentional and you say, I want to get married, I have a plan, for how I'm going to find and win the woman I love and how to keep her happy once I marry her. That's very attractive to all women. Yeah. (laughs) And so those four episodes are uh, about that with some specific examples on how I landed the jackpot lotto winning wife that I have now.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. So how would you recommend readers use your book as a resource?
1: It is a resource. And that's why, you know, when you self-publish, you get that opportunity to put an appendix in there. And I put uh, a study guide in the back, you know, for each chapter. And then so uh, a, a small group of men could get together and go, okay, you know, here's this chapter one, you know, courageous. You know what? And then there's questions in a Bible verse, you know, on questions about being courageous And then, uh, so that's one way. Uh, I also read a lot. So if you don't, you know, don't have a group, there were a lot of books that I read and I just became a student and I kind of went through a lot of books and I really winnowed it down to this excellent collection of books. There's one, uh, called every man's battle, you know, which is about, you know, sexual temptation. It's just a fantastic resource. And there's, you know, how you raise your kids, you know, their teens about that. And, Uh, There's many, many books that are listed in there. And then uh, just a plug on, on March 8th, I'm I'm doing a relaunch of my book digitally and I'll offer free digital copies of the book on Amazon for five days.
0: Wonderful. And
1: I've also added this freebie. So if you go and you download the book and you read it or, you know, at the very beginning of the introduction, there's a teachable moment movie recommendations, uh, which I use with my own sons and you need to just sign up for my email list and then you can get that because when you don't have custody of your kids, you know, I became extremely strategic about how I wanted to parent. And so I used mm-hmm. movies that I would watch and then I would like, okay, I'll get them to watch this movie. And, you know, we're just watching a movie together. And then I kind of start asking them questions about the character in the movie, which are really things that i want to teach them and it was very very effective
0: wow very creative too yeah so you have a podcast you talked about that do you have any other resources available on your website for readers if they want to take their journey a little bit further
1: well what i'm considering is actually doing uh, you know i mentioned this christ in the tetones program but basically like a week camping trip with fathers and sons, and I'm still working on where I would do that. So mm-hmm. I would just say, you know, stay tuned on that because uh, there's a, an outfit in Colorado, actually not far from Durango. And I, my wife and I went there and kind of checked it out in this fall couples retreat and it's called uh, voice of wilderness and they have a lodge and they have permits. And so I'm trying to actually work a deal with them. So I've got, a, you know, the place to stage out of and then lead, this kind of father son and kind of talk about all these principles when you're out hiking, you got all the phones, everything's gone. And, you know, you gotta, you know, sweat a little, cook fish, you know, do things like that. Right. And then uh, I'll plug a couple of other episodes, you know, on the, so we have about 40 episodes up on the podcast now. So we began last June and uh, besides the, the term school series, I did a series on the seven deadly sins today, which I think people might find very interesting. And then I did another one, a show called Escaping the Matrix, you know, because of the new Matrix Resurrections movie and artificial intelligence and how the gaming industry is using gambling casino techniques to basically make these kids addicted to these games. And so Escaping the Matrix is one. This show Yellowstone is extremely popular. I don't know. Are you familiar with that show? I have
0: heard of it. Yeah.
1: So Kevin Costner is like this huge, you know, patriarchal figure, and and that episode is called Yellowstone Dads, where, you know, I'm talking about the importance of a father and and making uh, references, you know, parallels with the show, and I think that's another way to kind of connect with people on more, you know, modern pop culture things, but then I, I give my spin on it.
0: Okay. Yeah. My son was actually just telling me about that series this weekend when I saw him and yeah, his family. I tell him to
1: go check out Yellowstone Dads. Yeah, that's,
0: absolutely. What is the most important piece of advice you feel you could give to young men today?
1: So I would say you have to acknowledge your your gaps and your fears to other men. You are not alone. And that's, I think what's happened in this uh this Facebook social media world and my son told me about this this TED talk that he watched where you know they were talking about primates and you know you could only have a group of fifty and then these monkeys break off and they create another group and you know and and so you have this group you know of Facebook friends you know of five hundred people, and then you go post all the good things that are happening in your life and you know, when you have a bad day, you're not posting about it. And so you've kind of fabricated a false picture of yourself out there to the world. right? And that means there's a little bit more of a gap between the real you and, you know, the Facebook you. And that grows, it grows to the point where no one knows the real you and you get lonelier and lonelier. And I think that's what's really causing more of these uh, suicides and things. And so you, you need friends mm-hmm. and I've been super blessed with lifelong friends and many friends and friends all over the world. And, you know, I'm, I'm good at that. And I nurture those relationships and I have like the ski trip that I went on, you know, I've been skiing with these guys for 30 years. That's amazing. I've been backpacking with a different group for 25 years. I have fraternity brothers from college that I still am in touch with and golf with. And so, man, just nurture those friendships because they know you, they know your warts, you know, and your flaws. And you can just talk about that, you know, around a campfire and go, Man, I'm really struggling with this. And, you know, what I, I think of it is like shining a light, you know, on the dust bunny under the bed helps shrink the monster that you feared was living there. <laughs> you know, yeah. So you have to kind of expose it to the light and to truth.
0: I would imagine one of the problems that that young people have, men and women today, is actually making real friends. Everyone is so focused on how many Facebook friends they have. And, you know, those aren't real friends. I I don't know how hard it is to make friends as a young person today, but I think it's hard.
1: I think it's real hard, Sherry, because it's not face to face. And this pandemic has made it even worse. Right. We're all isolated. We're all masks. You know, you can't even read people's facial expressions. You're losing these basic skills that even animals have, you know? And, and so I think uh, there's another podcast that I would recommend called, you know, the art of manliness. And there was a a great interview he did about uh, how to make a friend. And you're like, are you kidding? You know, we need to have a, you know, a lesson on how to make a friend and nurture a friend. Well, it's terrific. The psychologist from university of Kansas and he was great, but I think especially because of the pandemic, you know, people are like, my, my daughter, you know, she was the one who drew me into texting and I hated texting. I'm like, well, just call me. <laughs> right. No, no. You know, I said, why don't you want to call us? With this texting, you know, we can avoid those awkward pauses in conversation because then you say, okay, goodbye. And you hang up, you know, <laughs> but everybody's always trying to outdo one another with a clever response or, or maybe they're even punishing you, making you wait a little bit. You know, This is what we experience with our children. Right. You know, <laughs> and, and uh, so there's response. It's so you're interpreting all these things that are nonverbal communication. And then it just becomes like, you just start texting and then you, you quit talking. You just text all the time or you email and it's poor communication because so much can be misinterpreted. And, you know, we're already at a disadvantage there just between genders and generations.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. What's next for you? Do you have plans to write another book?
1: I have another book in mind it's actually would kind of follow the savage path and it would be, you know, a a contrast between the blaze. So when you're hiking in the mountains and there's snow and it's like, you can't see the trail on the ground, there's a blaze it's on a tree. And I think of Christ as being the blaze. It's always going to be, he's always going to show me the way, but then you've got Satan who's got the maze. He wants you to get lost in the Mm. maze and just waste your life running around dead ends, uh, you know, just with distraction. And so I have a ton of content and I'm a prolific storyteller and joke teller. And so I, I think I could write another book right now. The podcast is is a lot of effort and time. I'm trying to get that off the ground. Right. And I'll see kind of where that goes. And then if I get this camp established, you know, my wife's not going to let me continue to spend money because I think I'm an author. <laughs> I, mean, I need <laughs> to sell some books. And so, uh, you know, that's why I really appreciate reader views and what you do to help a self-published author like me, you know, get some air and some oxygen. So uh, I really appreciate your, your service.
0: Well, is there anything else you wanted to add today?
1: Go check out the website, check out Wrestling with the Inner Man podcast on Apple or Spotify. And then you know the email is wrestling with the inner man at gmail.com for anybody who's got any ideas or wants us to do shows on some other topic because there's no limit to the things that we wrestle with you know that we have an introduction of the show and it says wrestling with the inner man you know and then we have this round bell like a fight you know like <laughs> ding 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 and it's right because <laughs> the first fight we face each day is the fight between our sinful nature And our divine nature, you know, are we going to listen to our selfish, sinful nature or the Holy Spirit divine nature? And, and, you know, you're battling that, you know, just on, uh, on a daily basis, every day when you get up.
0: Well, David, thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing a little bit about yourself and your work. We appreciate it.
1: All right, Sherry. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining me today for my interview with David L. Savage, author of The Savage Path, a memoir of modern masculinity. You can learn more about David and his work by visiting his website at thesavagepath.com. And be sure to check out our other interviews at InsideScoopLive.com.